Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Flames. We are wrapping up this week with some more free agency news and some names that perhaps the Flames missed out on that could fill some holes that are there. And, of course, it's Friday, so we are doing our weekly winners and losers. And I promise it is not who you think it is. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to Locked On Flames. As always, I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, and thank you so much for tuning in. You can find the show wherever you get your podcasts. We are available on Spotify, Stitcher, Audible, Apple, YouTube, of course, for free. It's always going to be free, so you should definitely tune in. And I figured we could talk uh, about some names that have been crossed off and the Flames pool of free agents gets smaller and smaller. So we do have to talk about that, but then we can end the show on a little bit more of a, a happy note, I suppose, with our winners and losers of the week. So this has been a little bit of a chaotic week. I understand <laughs> that a lot of us are feeling a lot of different emotions and um, I'm not one to police how people feel, but I think uh, giving Gaudreau the John Tavares treatment is a little bit um, overboard, honestly. I really do. So <laughs> who are some names that the Flames missed out on? I think that Marcus Johansson is... Uh, one of those players that can be very valuable um, in terms of depth and a solid defensive forward. I think he would have done fantastic in Sutter's system, uh, but he finds himself back in Washington, D.C., where he started his career. Um, I think that after 2019, though, he did kind of take a little dip. But then again, when you look at the players he was playing around versus what he was playing around before, that plays into it. Frank Vetrano. Oh, I would have loved to had him on this team. I loved him when, I mean, he wasn't a Bruin for very long, but, um, you know, watching him kind of develop there and then really find his footing in Florida before being traded to New York at the deadline. It was just such a great deal for him. And, uh, he had himself a really nice playoff run with the Rangers, and it made sense that someone was just going to overpay for him. That's just how this uh, this works. It's free agency. You have a good playoff run. You you get you're getting paid. I think it's three three for three in Anaheim. So you know, I think that's a pretty fair deal. But uh, I look forward to that. But I do think he would have been really nice in the. In the Flames locker room, I think it's just something that the Flames need. They need someone who is speedy. They need someone who can fire the puck off. They need someone who has confidence when shooting the puck. So it's really great, um, you know, to see him land somewhere. But I wish it was just a little bit north of the border, right? Andre Pilat could have reunited with Blake Coleman. We could have had such an iconic reunion. But unfortunately... He finds himself wasting away with the New Jersey Devils for the next few years. Obviously, when you say Palat, you know that he is a 
scoring machine. He is a nice depth. Like I say depth, but Tampa is so deep that like, they essentially did have two first lines and then their third line was really a second line, you know, but it would have been really nice to see him there, but um, good luck in a rebuild. I'm sure that's going to be very frustrating going from winning back-to-back Stanley Cups uh, to performing or playing in another Stanley Cup final to um, having to smell the city of Newark, New Jersey every day. If you know, you know. The Strom brothers. Okay, this is the one, or these are the two, I guess, that really, really I don't want to say upset me, but I didn't enjoy this. I did not enjoy um, seeing that these two names had been signed. Ryan Strom had such a great year last year with the Rangers that, you know, I think whoever was going to get him was, again, going to probably overpay. Um, The Rangers weren't going to be able to resign him, so it makes sense that he hit the market. Uh, But just to have a great year, Um, And then find himself, uh, you know, with another team is very frustrating. We really could have used a nice uh, forward, again, another winger, versatile versatile winger that would have really benefited the Flames. But, again, we can't just waste away in these what could have been scenarios. Otherwise, we will be doing ourselves a disservice and crying all the time. Dylan Strom. Dylan Strom would have been a fantastic, fantastic signing for down the middle. You know, you you have Elias Lindholm, maybe Backland, Sean Monaghan starting the season on LTIR. So, you know, you could put Dylan Strom even, you know, at your second line, Backland, and then whoever your fourth line center is. I don't, is that going to be... I don't know. I My brain is absolutely fried. But, you know, the, the Flames could have used him. And I just think that it's really one of the more unfortunate signings and names that they missed out on uh, because of that. It would have been nice to have him. He had an excellent year. I believe he also had a career year. Um, it's just... Oh, it's so frustrating to watch the Flames miss out on these names. Especially when... You know, there are other teams in the Pacific getting better. And not just the Pacific, but the West as a whole. And to go from a truly competitive team to worse (laughs) is not great. I think that, you know, they're leaving names on the table. And it could be for two reasons, right? It shows that they have two plans retooling from within which we're going to talk about next or their egg they have all their eggs now in the kachuk basket um in terms of negotiating and trying to get him to sign long term but it's just it's painful it is so painful to watch other teams in your division especially you know the kings even and the oilers and uh the ducks get better and then you you're significantly worse. But um, this is kind of a name that I'm I'm glad that the Flames kind of skipped out on, but I need to mention him because he does have uh, a lot of 
scoring power when he is healthy, and that is Andre Kasha. Andre Kasha is a 26, 27-year-old forward, but he is high risk because he has suffered so many head injuries, and I think he played maybe two games for Boston when he was traded, and it was brutal. He just, his first game back, so no, it was the second year of his, it was his final year of the contract after he had gotten traded, and it was a shortened season, and he ended up only playing one game, and then he was, like, one shift, I'm pretty sure, and then he was immediately hit in the head again, and he, but then he goes and, like, tears it up in Toronto, so, you know, good for him. I'm, I hope that he's doing well. He is so young, um, and I, I do feel bad for him, but I, I hope that signing in Carolina is good for him. I hope that uh, he's able to find his footing again and is really just <laughs> healthy. And Mason Marchman had a crazy, crazy year in Florida, and then he's on the move to Dallas. So this is, again, another excellent forward that the Flames missed out on. I think that, uh, you know, a lot of players – are kind of just taking the money that they can get and probably sticking around in the States is easier for him. I'm sure. I know. Well, it's actually, Oh no, I was going to say his sister, him and his sister both play for teams that wear green jerseys, but I'm almost positive that Kennedy signed with the ribs. So they're not green, but you know, I think that teams are scooping up what they can and they're, um, the stars are getting better, basically, is what I'm trying to say. And good for them. Bad for us. But coming up next, we are absolutely going to talk about the Flames' plan, what they could be doing, and what if they don't go out there and sign some low-risk, high-reward players. But first, let's talk about our partners at Bet Online. Uh, as a reminder, please remember to gamble responsibly if you are gambling. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's MLB uh, All-Star break, the trade deadline, and you name it, some NFL futures as well. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And betonline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. You can find all of your favorite sports there, events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today uh, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Again, thank you all so much for following along with me through this offseason. If you're watching on YouTube, you probably just saw my Twitter handle flash across your screen, and you can follow me on Twitter at JustBelmosto. I was talking with Seth from Locked on Wild last night, and that episode is going live, I believe, Tuesday. Um, and he got, he got me thinking. He did. Bill Guerin is counting on his younger stars in the AHL, like Matt Boldy and Marco Rossi, to be able to break the roster and fill in the spots for, you know, 20-plus uh, goal scorer Kevin Fiala, who was traded, right? But what if the Flames don't go out there and sign at least just, you know, not even like a 
cadre, but some other just, I don't want to say quiet names, but one of the lesser names out there that could still make an impact. What are they doing? I think that they will be not retooling or rebuilding, but I think that they are hoping that players like Pelletier and Rizicka and maybe even Connor Zari are ready to make the jump. Um, Huso Valamaki, I don't know if him and Daryl Sutter are going to be able to make up and kind of start over there, um, you know, on the defense since they did lose Good Branson. It is just a big head scratcher, and I really think that is kind of what they're hoping for. I think they're hoping for the AHL players to be ready to go and to be able to say, okay, um, we're ready to make the jump, and this that's why we signed a bunch of depth players or, like, random names so they can still have a full roster in the AHL. I almost said Stockton, but they're not in Stockton anymore. <laughs> So, you know, like when the, with them signing Kevin Rooney, he's obviously going to be one of your fourth liners. He is going to probably take over a spot for Trevor Lewis or Lucic. And I would assume that, you know, you're going to have players like Pelletier or uh, Matthew Phillips or Rizicka really in your bottom six. Unless, unless for some reason, you know, you really believe that they can make that jump to the top six but I think that's putting again too much trust in young players and your expectations uh their contracts are a lot easier to pay than a standard player contract you know an entry-level contract is usually what like 750,000 800,000 compared to you know three four million bucks so You just got to kind of wait it out and see. I'm hoping that the negotiations with the RFAs are going well. Do I think that Kachuk is probably going to be, we'll be talking about this in September? Probably. I would assume so. I have no faith that um, we'll see something before camp. I mean, we, if you watched the live stream with Adi and I earlier this week, we talked about how how long the uh, the entry level the first RFA you know contract negotiations went. We saw how long Brady's contract negotiations went, and I think that Matthews are going to be a lot longer, if not worse, because especially with Gaudreau out of the picture. I'm sorry, I said I wasn't going to mention Gaudreau, uh, but it. <sighs> Bon Giapani's agent said they don't want to do a one or two year deal. So he's probably not going to sign his qualifying offer. He's probably going to negotiate something. And Oliver Shillington, I don't know what they could do there. Um, It's interesting that they qualified him. But again, I, I don't know what this plan is. I truly don't. I think that obviously Shillington is a better option than what you have in Stockton, especially with Chris Tanev starting the season on, I don't, I don't know if it'll be LTIR, but I know that he's not going to be immediately readily available, available. 
So again, we don't know. We don't know. I think that Tree Living uh, knows that his, <laughs> his days are numbered. I think if he was able to get uh, a Gaudreau deal done, then he'd probably be seeing an extension. But I would assume that he loses his job uh, at some point in the season or they just let him walk at the end of this uh, contract, which is, I believe, this year. So, you know, you just got to kind of cross your fingers and hope that the Flames are able to get long-term deals done. And I do think that there are players in their system who are ready to make that jump, like Rizichka. I think that Rizichka really should have been seeing time in the playoffs, to be entirely honest. I think that uh, Pelletier and Phillips, they both had killer seasons in the AHL. So bring them up. I think it's, you know, one of those things where you can uh, not risk. I feel like risk isn't the right word. You're at a position where you you can afford to do that. So try them out. Let them see, let them, you know, get their feet in the water, especially because, you know, you're going to have injuries to start the year. Uh, Sean Monaghan has not started. I don't believe he's going to be healthy to start the season. So why not put Rizichka back up there? Why not? You know, you kind of have wiggle room and a little bit of time to experiment. And especially if, (laughs) you know, you're not going to be a truly competitive team. Um, You have a lot of question marks around you. So why don't you just kind of, um, you know, I don't want to say tank because that's not the thing we're looking for, but uh, you know, just kind of, play around with it, see what works. It's time to experiment. Who, who cares? You know, you know, you're not going at, you're not a Stanley cup contender right now. So <sighs> how fast that window closed, but yeah, just, just go for it. Right. <laughs> Coming up next, we are going to talk about our winners and losers of the week. And I promise I pinky promise with a cherry on top. I will not be naming the flames or blue jackets here. We just want to talk about some other names. My favorite part of hosting this podcast is getting creative and seeing uh, some other, you know, feedback from other shows or what y'all have to say to me on Twitter. And (laughs) last night on Twitter, I said that the Cincinnati Reds beat the Yankees and took you know, one of the best teams in baseball to extra innings twice. And then people were like, you're a Red Sox fan. You just got swept by the Rays. Oh, 16 and a half games back. And I was like, okay, but like, did I just lose to the Reds? No. So for that, the Cincinnati Reds are my winner of the week because, you know, you had to take the Yankees. I think they are the best team in baseball to extra innings, not once, but twice in a in a three game, four game series and you win, you split the series. I don't care if the Red Sox just got swept by the Tampa Bay Rays. Chris Sale is back. Um, I am just, I'm having fun watching the Yankees lose. It is so much fun watching them lose. And um, speaking of losers, (laughs) I have Chuck Fletcher as I, the biggest, biggest loser of the week, probably of the off season, if I'm being honest, he bought out Oscar Lindblom's contract uh, to move money 
to bring in Nick DeLaurier and Tony D'Angelo. That, that's a real, um, a real reason to move money right there, right? Uh, I mentioned this the other day, but Ryan Ellis's injury is a lot worse or a lot more intricate and complex than what they're t- leading on to the public. And you put, you could have put him on LTIR to bring in, you know, someone like Nazem Kadri or bring back Claude Giroux or even another guy who's from the area. I forget his name, but there was just so many question marks around every time this man opens his mouth and says, you know, we couldn't take the risk to do this, or (laughs) he said Nick Delorier was one of the best players in the league or something, and you can't find many players like him. I hollered when I read that. I think that is one of the funniest, funniest things I have ever read from a general manager. Uh, You know, I think there comes a point where you have to stop lying to yourself and say, Maybe I'm just not good at this job. And again, I was talking to Seth from Locked on Wild about uh, Chuck Fletcher's tenure in Minnesota and just how different it is from the from Bill Guerin. And I don't know. I, the Flyers just, they're, we thought that they couldn't put butts in the seat last year. It's going to be even worse this year. And part of me really wonders... Um, how long ownership is going to put up with that. So best of luck to Flyers fans. If there are any left, I don't know. I think a lot of them jumped ship, but yeah, you know what? Listen to locked on Flyers to kind of get a more in-depth and honest opinion of what's going on there. And just a reminder, next week I am on vacation. So I have pre-recorded episodes going out that are a lot of crossover shows and, uh, any news that happens, like any big free agency signings or trades, extensions, anything will be, I think I'm coming back Friday, Thursday or Friday. So um, yeah, <laughs> whenever that happens, I will, I will be back and I'm looking forward to seeing, I would say all your lovely faces, but I just see myself in this camera. But thank you again. Make sure you are subscribed to Locked on Flames wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto. And, of course, you can follow the show at LO underscore Flames pod. And I will talk to you later.